Welcome to the Brand Led Podcast. We're your hosts, Kane Baker and Lisa Dondrea, co-founders of the Brownie Studio, Baker Creative. We're on a mission to help you gain clarity in your brand and fulfillment in your work life. From strategy to visuals and beyond, we're arming you with bite-sized branding insights to help you build and grow a brand-led business. Welcome to Brand Led. This is episode number four. Uh, but before we dive in, just wanted to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by bakercreative.com.au. And that's where you'll find close to 100 articles on all things branding and business. You can also find all of our podcast show notes and links there too. So head on over to bakercreative.com.au to get an extra dose of branding inspiration and support. Okay, let's get stuck in. So joining me today, as always, is my business partner and beautiful wife, Lisa. Hello, Kane and everybody. (laughs) Hello, hello. So did you want to tell our listeners what we will be chatting about today? I do. So today we're going to be talking about a really critical piece of the branding process. Mm. And it's one that I think often gets missed. Um, Mm. So that's customer research. Customer research. Yeah, I think it's something that's often ignored or placed in the too hard basket. But, you know, when it's done right, it's actually quite powerful. Yeah, definitely. I think having customer research handy when you're crafting your brand strategy is really helpful. So today um, we're going to chat about how you can go about undertaking customer research yourself. Um, But before we get into that, uh, let's just start off with some of the benefits of having this research on Mm. hand um, at the start of your branding project. Okay, so in previous episodes, we discussed how your brand is your audience's perception of your business. Yeah, it's what they think of you. Yeah. So if our goal is to influence people's perceptions of us, then the whole branding project really hinges on knowing and understanding the people that we're trying to connect with really well. Mm. So that's where most branding projects kind of get off to the wrong start. The branding team relies on their client having a really deep understanding of the target audience and often they don't. Yeah, I would argue that business owners or the team should have a pretty good understanding of the people they work with already though. Yeah, I think that they do, but it's still their interpretation of what customers think and feel. So um, I find that it's often just a bit incomplete, um, but that's not a jab either. It's, you know, just the reality of the situation. Um, very few SMEs that we've encountered are, are regularly interviewing their audience or gathering feedback regularly. Um, they're too busy working on delivering pro- products mm. and services. So um, that's kind of where they're, they're focusing yeah. their attention. Yeah, I see, I see where you're coming from. It makes sense to collect solid data and research directly from the customers themselves versus actually relying on someone giving more of a broad strokes overview. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm thinking people might be wondering if this research is really necessary for a successful branding project. So let's chat about why we think this step is so valuable. Yeah, I think the real value in customer research is in understanding your audience's thinking and motivations in their own words. Um, So the first thing, um, the really valuable thing about doing customer research is that it can help you understand what people currently think of your brand. Yeah, I think it's always good to have a baseline so you can measure the impact of your rebrand once you're done. Yeah. And I guess to add to that, it's probably also helpful to understand what people currently like and associate with your brand before you go and start changing everything willy-nilly. Yeah. And they may already, you know, love your your colors that you're using, your, the tone of the your copywriting, that sort of thing. So are there any other reasons that you can think of? Yeah, so... Uh, doing customer research can also reveal 
you know, different avenues for you to differentiate yourself from other offers. Mm. So when you're trying to position yourself in your audience's mind, you want to be associated with a specific problem to be solved. Um, And this research can help you figure out what's important to focus on. Yeah. Okay. So like I said, I guess you could use it for things like copywriting or working on new products or services in the future. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's beneficial in so many different ways. Mm. Um, so maybe we can dive now into some ways that people can start collecting customer research. Yeah, sure. Okay. So the first method is um, one of my favorites. It's really good for new businesses and anyone without an existing audience. Uh, so it's also really good for anyone uh, with a business where um, similar products and services already exist on the market. So you're in a quite a competitive industry. So basically it just involves, you know, jumping onto Google and looking for websites where your ideal customers have left reviews, testimonials, or comments on products and services that are similar to yours. Mm. So um, I'll give you an example. Um, You know, if you're a landscape architect, you might look at client testimonials from your competitor websites. Um, You might also, you know, go into Google reviews, uh, Amazon book reviews. Um, You can also um, have a hunt for interviews or research or Facebook groups, maybe Instagram kind of comment. Yeah. um, Even things like Reddit threads. um, You can find where people are having these conversations online and um, you can grab, you know, verbatim quotes from people within your ideal customer group. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that doesn't really sound too hard. What exactly should you be looking for? Yeah. So when I'm doing this kind of research, I'm always looking to capture quotes about what the person liked and what they didn't like about the product and service. So it doesn't have to all be, you know, rosy and glowing. Um, it's actually really helpful to find the things that they didn't like about the product and service. Comments, yeah. Yeah. Um, go to the one star reviews as well, as well as the five star. Yeah. Um, and you also want to know why they bought it and like what led them there? What problem did they have that kind of led them to that place? And uh, also look at, you know, any other options that they tried along their journey. Did they try, you know, other services? Did they try and do it themselves? Um, just trying to understand where the client's been um, and what they've kind of done already on their journey. Yeah, I like it. Um, and you don't really need to create anything for that method. It's totally free. Yeah, exactly. It just requires, you know, internet connection and some and some smart Googling really. Yeah, I guess the downside is that there's not really a way to capture customers impressions of your own brand just others yeah exactly so I suppose um that is the downside of that but the other three methods that I wanted to share are all focused on gathering data from your own audience um so the next level is really gathering customer reviews and testimonials after someone's bought from you and that's really as simple as asking someone to leave their feedback um sending them an email really would you give someone an incentive to do that because I know from my own experience when browsing online, often e-commerce stores give a ten or twenty dollar coupon off something. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just for products and not so much premium services. Yeah, so that's a really good incentive for um, yeah, a product, um, maybe something that's low priced. But for service providers, I probably um, I wouldn't offer a discount, especially if you're charging premium mm. prices. Um, but you could offer some sort of incentive with some extra value if people aren't very forthcoming. Okay. So method number three, what's next? Number three is surveys. So you can use these to evaluate consumer preferences and sentiment really at any stage in the customer journey from, you know, them just discovering their problem to them, um, you know, repeat purchasing from you and being um, a loyal uh, customer or client. Mm. 
In the past, we've had a lot of success with surveys and surveying our own audience. I'm just trying to remember if um, we surveyed people right at the beginning of their buying journey, I think, and offered an incentive, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, typically because, you know, surveys are, you know, 5, 10, 15, you know, questions or mm. more long, um, they do take a small time commitment to fill in. So people are maybe a bit more hesitant to fill them in without something in return. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people give away Amazon gift cards and discounts. I think we used a free resource though, right? So yeah, just to quickly explain this, we had a free resource available on our website that we were promoting in exchange for someone's name and email. So Mm. once someone had given us their details, we then redirected them to another website page asking Mm. if they'd like another free resource in exchange for their feedback. Yeah, the the double whammy worked an absolute treat. I think we had something like two to 300 responses in total. Yeah, Um, And that research that we did was invaluable to um, so many uh, facets of our business. So the great thing about surveys is that they're really quite easy to create now. And some of the form builders, um, you know, are free or really quite inexpensive to use. Yeah, there's so many good options out there now, like SurveyMonkey and Typeform and a bunch of others. But let's quickly move on and talk about the final method you can use to collect customer research. Yeah. So the last one is customer interviews. And obviously, these are a bit more time intensive for both you and the interviewee, mm-hmm. um, but they do allow you to dive deeper with people because you can then ask, you know, follow-up questions. Uh, you could even use similar questions to what you asked in your survey, but instead of them filling in the answers, they just kind of tell you over the phone or in a Zoom call. Mm. I would definitely recommend asking them if it's okay to record the call. That way, you're not going to miss anything and it's going to be much less stressful. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then you can be more present in the conversation as well. Um, I would just recommend being upfront with what you're doing. Don't record anyone without letting them know. Um, And again, you can offer some exchange of, um, you know, time or value um, for their time. So you might offer, you know, a a complimentary consulting session or, um, you know, you could offer a discount or something like that, depending on uh, your product or service that you, you offer. Yeah. So all of those methods seem pretty straightforward to me. Uh, but sh- I guess shouldn't it be your branding team responsibility to do the research for you? Um, maybe <laughs> they might. Um, <laughs> we know that we include you know market research from existing sources uh, within our strategy workshops, um, but not all studios and designers are going to do this for you. So um, the other thing is is that it can take some time to gather yeah, a good body of data uh, to inform your brand strategy. So I suppose. Um, the advice is to start gathering data before you need it. Yeah, sooner the better, really. Yeah, and, you know, you can make this easier on yourself by automating it as much as possible so you don't really have to think about it too much. Mm. Yeah, I've often forgotten that our survey was actually still live. So just set and collect and let the robots do their job. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then when the time does come to, you know, evaluate your branding uh, or you need to write some copy or you're planning social media content, you can draw from this great pool of real customer responses and really um, hone in on what your customers really want. Yeah, it's so helpful. It really just takes the guesswork out of it. Uh, Now, the only thing we didn't cover off on today was what should we actually be asking people in these surveys or interviews? Yeah, and that can be one of the hardest parts, you know, knowing what to ask. So we've done the hard work for you. You can actually head to the link in our show notes to snag our survey question swipe file. And that's going to include a list of questions that you can use and customize for your own surveys and interviews. And if you grab that, 
you're going to be invited to participate in one of our own surveys. So please do us a favor, fill it out, and in return, we'll be sending you a resource on how to create your own powerful testimonials. Okay, Kane. So before we wrap up, do you have any takeaways from today's episode? Yeah, I guess the main one would be that if you're going to invest in your branding, don't just base it on guesswork. Do your research first. It's really not as hard as you may think. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, putting in that small amount of effort will really give you an edge on all your competitors um, because most people really can't be bothered doing any of this stuff and um, they don't really check in with what their customers really want. So I think if you can take those small uh, steps to do so and even automate it um, to make it easier on yourself, um, you'll be um, 10 steps ahead of them. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much. Uh, to everyone for listening today and choosing to spend your time with us. That's it for today's episode. You can follow the link in the description to get all the links from today's episode, including that uh, really great free resource that we mentioned earlier. And if you enjoyed today's episode, hit the subscribe button so you can get notified when new episodes are released. We'll catch you next time.